0: What's up, guys? This is Tanner from Uh <laughs> I was actually just talking to my wife uh, the other day. I told Holly, I, I said, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, haven't have really been podcasting much recently. I've uh, probably been doing, you know, a couple of months or, you know, yeah, I guess one, one every couple of weeks or something. And think she was kind of more shocked than anything that I was actually doing any. Um <laughs> and a lot of it was really kind of uh spurned on because I've been getting a few pieces of uh of email saying, hey, I'm a fan of your show. I, I love listening to what you have to say. Can't wait for the next one. And I've gotten some good suggestions. Um and uh, you know a lot of these uh a lot of these messages have come in the past couple weeks. So I keep thinking, oh I've got to do another episode. I gotta do another episode. And so here I am I'm actually up in my office right now a little late at night and it's gonna actually put some work in on on a project I'm, I'm working on here but figured now would be a really good time to actually do a podcast episode as well um and especially just because of uh some of the things that have been kind of swirling on in my head which kind of, kind of just uh, maybe it's more of a uh uh I don't know it's 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 been it's been kind of interesting i've uh, i think my my tastes have certainly changed um my behaviors in this hobby have certainly changed uh you know i remember i actually just uh, talked about this probably a year or so ago or within this past year talking about how i really kind of feel like i'm a shark in the sense that in order to kind of feel alive in the hobby i've got to keep moving i've got to keep buying and selling and trading and um and so it's kind of and, and the reason why i say shark is because i think uh what they say about sharks is that whenever in order for a shark to be alive they have to keep moving constantly so <laughs> that's how I kind of felt like how i have to keep the the hobby alive but here i am at the end of 2022 so we're we're at november 22nd right now uh coming up on midnight um, i guess i'm a little bit here And, uh, and I've probably added maybe two Canseco cards to the PC, um, none to the vintage. Uh, I don't think, let me, since I'm actually in my office here and not walking around, I have the ability to kind of look, um, you know, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a, you know. It's been a year. (laughs) I'll tell you that. But um, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because I I don't really think I've really added all that much. In fact, I think the last uh, baseball card purchase I made, um, which is really kind of a, uh, it wasn't a PC thing. It was a, it was a 1999 Topps refractor lot of 15 cards for like 40 bucks or something and had canseco in it so it's like okay well i can grab the canseco and there's a vladimir guerrero in there i think that last sold for 20 or 30 bucks and there's a bogs and it's like well i can make my money back and and then some and and then have a Kinseiko for free um which you know how i roll that's <laughs> that's like a match made in heaven for me i love that um but other than that guys like i just you know talk about you know you know a year ago or so how you know i need to always be moving and shaking in the hobby and stuff and uh, to feel alive and and here i am not really adding much and and frankly being very uh very content with what i have uh you know particularly the vintage stuff there's there's a few cards i'd like to add there will always be cards that i want to add so don't get me wrong on that but you know uh not anything that's really anything within my grasp right now, you know, just, uh, but for now I'm, I'm looking at my vintage collection guys and I just, I love it. I just enjoy what I have. And I'm very thankful for everything. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really kind of weird. They're situated, uh, in, um, and, and this happened in the past, really not so much anymore, but where there were like things in front of them where I couldn't really enjoy them. They were just like, in the back somewhere and you go huh that's weird so i i cleared off some space where i could you know get a better look at them i go man i love these cards they're just so cool they're just so neat just great great history and then i look over at my canseco collection hasn't changed for quite a while in fact i've uh, sold a couple cards um earlier on in the year and uh they're big cards but you know it's one of those situations where you know if you get a large enough offer you know you feel like a fool if you if you uh you know didn't um didn't part with them but anyways it's uh it's a situation where i look at what i have and there are certainly some cards out there that i would absolutely love to have uh to add to my canseco collection but (laughs) looking at what i have i'm just i'm so thankful for them. i'm so content with what I have right now, which is just a weird deal. I always go back to whenever I super collecting the whole feeling of a gotta have it all, gotta get it all, gotta keep up to date with the checklist. And a buddy of mine, uh, John just, um, said something the other day. He goes, oh man, Ken Seiko's not in the Allen Ginter checklist this year. And I go, oh, I didn't even know Alan Ginter was out yet, <laughs> you know, whereas uh, you know, not too many years ago, I would, I would be so up on it. I would say, okay, uh, Alan Ginter is about to drop in three weeks, two weeks, one week. Okay, here it comes. It's tomorrow. Let's see what, what's in there. And, uh, you know, check all the, all the YouTube videos for breaks. And, um, I would check all these other places. Um, and you know, just to look for the best consecos out of all of them. Now it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, you have if uh, if there's a superfractor in allen and ginter i already have the the first superfractor many um if there's a wood that drops i've already got a wood one of one um you know what if there's a knob or a barrel i've got a knob and a barrel and and now to be fair right. i i know i know how it is there's a lot of people out there that will do multiple barrels multiple knobs multiple superfractors i mean shoot i've got like four or five superfractors and probably shouldn't yeah probably should you know trim that down a bit but um any event just uh it's so so i don't you know i i don't uh uh blame anybody or or have any problems with anybody who wants to get multiple knobs and barrels and and all that sort of thing in fact it looks very uh very impressive when you have several knobs and barrels together it's really cool looking um and i enjoy it just not for my collection um at least not right now I, i like uh, moving my money around in different places, so I can touch various other um, hobbies and other different types of cards as well. You know, so that's that's kind of how I roll on it. But you know, wherever you see somebody with a rolling up on Facebook with like you know four or five knobs or barrels or whatever or uh, laundry tags, it's really cool looking. It's it's neat to see. Um, but uh, anyways, and and this is kind of where I'm going with this, which is really funny. Uh, I think I'm going to, if I remember. Uh, whenever I'm done with this, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to title this episode, Beauty is in the Eye of the Beholder. Uh, <laughs> because um, there's so many times where I, I get like super amped about like certain cards I have or or just picked up or whatever. And then I show them off to people that aren't so much in the hobby or at least in my niche of the hobby where they're like, eh, so like who cares? And I'll give you a couple couple examples of, of that here. So the first one was my uh, mechanic, my old mechanic, Mike. Uh, I had purchased back my beloved 1989 IROC Z Camaro, had a ZZ4 crate motor, had had an ATI supercharger on it, 373 gears, just all kinds of wonderful uh, go-fast goodies on the hood, and no AC, (laughs) which is not good for for, uh, uh, Houston and uh so as a teenager i actually bought it and it was my pride and joy i loved that thing i you know got a paint job on it eventually three inch cowhood, hood a high-rise spoiler uh racing stripes not not anything like when, not anything like those uh imports or anything they were all you know is all tastefully done like in the style of a you know like 92 z28 but um man loved it loved it so much so ended up uh buying it modifying it and then eventually sold it and then eventually bought it back. And, uh, you know, unfortunately you can't go back, I guess, uh, <laughs> to your childhood, so to speak, quote unquote. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out too well. Uh, had, uh, spent countless dollars only to end up selling it again because it just wasn't working out right. So the mechanic I had, um, that would come over and, and work on it. Cause I don't like working on cars. At all you guys, like I, I hate it, but anyways, uh, so Mike uh, would come over and he would work on certain things. And um, over the next several months, just, yeah, it wasn't working out too well. Well, he ended up finding out that I was really into baseball cards and, you know, loved Kinseiko uh, And he goes, Canseco? Oh, man, he was my favorite when I was growing up. And uh, so eventually he was like, hey, do you think I could like look at your collection? And so part of me is like, you know, no. Yeah. You know, the other part of me is like, yes, this is like the greatest thing ever. Somebody is interested in person to look at my Conseco collection. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll bring down a box. And so I bring this box down. And as we're going through some of them, I'm showing him the, uh, the cream of the crop of that box, at least. You know, so, okay, so here's a, Here's an '89 Upper Deck uh, buyback. He's like, buyback. He's like, I remember this, but why? Why is this a big deal? I think I have this card somewhere. He's like, well, no, no, no. You know, I told him, no, no, no. This, this is different. You see the the silver holographic stamp thing in the in the bottom left there. It says 20th anniversary or whatever. Uh, that means it's very rare and uh, it's worth a lot more. He goes, well, what? Why is it rare? He said, well, they. Uh, upper deck basically took a, a bunch of common cards and uh, or whatever cards they are and stamp them and reinsert them in packs oh well, that's weird okay anyways what else do you have it's <laughs> like well wait a second you didn't you didn't catch it you don't understand this is a a special card he goes okay okay what else do you have I said well this is the 1986 donners highlights white letter and uh, this is an amazing card because it's his rookie year card and um you know it's it's a very rare error because where it says highlights is not yellow it's actually white he goes okay and then he and then he stops he goes tanner do you have his rated rookie go oh yeah here you go you know flip over a few cards and he and he just holds it up to the light like it's like, it's like an Indiana Jones moment, right? Where he, you know, picks up whatever it was and holds it up to the light and goes, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. This is amazing. And he holds up this card. Just, just, it's the most wonderful thing he's ever seen is what it looks like. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. Like, I showed you other cards that are like a million times crazier. Uh, and you're picking up a card that's got like, 500,000 or a million copies out there, not a big deal. You can go to eBay at any point to pick one up for, at the time, probably five bucks or something. <laughs> and uh, it's so funny. And I was like, oh man. So it's kind of, I got a little laugh out of it, but it was also kind of like a little bit, of, a little heartbreaking, because uh, I was like, man, out of all the coolest cards that he could see, that that he'll never see again in his lifetime, He'll never see him again, um, unless he goes on eBay and gets lucky or something, or sees him on the internet somewhere. Uh, you know, and he's all excited about this Raider rookie. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> and so another time, which is really funny, was I had my uh, brother-in-law come over, and uh, and so I showed him some Kenseiko cards and some vintage cards, and uh, you know, so I remember showing him. Uh, at the time telling him about the 19, 19, W514 Babe Ruth. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a few of them in the past. I don't have, I don't have one anymore. I don't have any Babe Ruths anymore, actually. Um, but, I uh, told him about the story behind it and he was just enamored. He loved it. He was, he was just taken back by that. And, you know, some of the Ty Cobbs and that sort of thing. And then he's like, okay, Hey, take a look at this. And I showed him some Canseco cards, the, the bat barrel, the bat knob and the laundry tag. And he literally was, it was, it, you almost get this feeling where he was like, why are you showing me these? <laughs> when you have like Ty Cobb and uh, Honest Wagner, and that sort of thing It's really funny. He's like, okay. So and I'm like, but look, dude, this, these are one of a kind. There's not any others of this specific card out there. This is the only one. And it's, Got a bat knob from a from a bat that he used in an official Major League Baseball game. Same with the barrel. Same with this button card, and so on and so forth. And he's like, "Okay, anyways, back to this Ty Cobb and this baby Ruth." Like, "Wow," <laughs> it's like, "Oh, okay." And it's really kind of funny. I run into this all the time online, um, where I post like, "Hey, I want to," you know, "I'm looking for some Kinseyco cards," and some people say why can Seiko like, why do you want to collect him? (laughs) And it's kind of funny because I'm, you know, I'm with the mindset of like, why would you not? He was the best player on the planet for a time. He was the, the most captivating player uh, to watch when I was growing up. Like everything was about him. He transcended baseball into pop culture. And, you know, he was just the guy that everybody would stop what they're doing when he came up to bat and watch him. And yet, I'm faced with this reality of people looking at me saying, why would you collect him? Almost as if I were saying that uh, I collected Mike Greenwell or something or or Ruben Sierra or whoever. And they say, well, why would you collect him? (laughs) And don't get me wrong. It's not a, you know, that's not a knock on Ruben Sierra or, uh, or anybody really. you know because it's you know certainly not uh, uh or mike greenwell you know but um uh, but it just goes to show you that uh while i might hold jose canseco in, in babe ruth esteem uh, <laughs> not everybody else does <laughs> and so it's kind of it's funny how it kind of comes crashing down on me once i uh come to that realization every now and then and it's fine because you know i collect for me i don't collect for anybody else but um it's really funny and And so the last one, which is interesting also, it just happened um, a couple weeks ago. uh, One of my best friends ever, uh, Blake, uh, he came over. He actually is from Florida um, and well, he just moved to Florida, but anyways, we've been friends since high school. And, uh, you know, it was about probably as close to a brother as I can get. Um, In fact, uh, I was actually on my way, I don't know if you all know the story about me or not, but. I was actually, as a 19 year old, had everything that I owned packed up in my IROC with no AC um, and I was on the road uh, to move in with him in Arizona. Uh, So that way we can get a a little bachelor pad. We're gonna pay as little as possible. So 500 or less a month, split two ways, um, split in half. So that way we could work as little as possible and party as much as possible. That was the plan. And in fact, I was, uh, my mom was going to move to California and she's going to, you know, reunite with my dad who was waiting for her there. And uh, so, and, you know, not a not a ritzy area of California, mind you. So, you know, some people think California money. No, no money to be had here. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she would, uh, so I was following her um, in my IROC with everything I owned where she had her car with everything that she owned in it. So, yeah, needless to say, we didn't have much. Um, and, uh, you know, she had just had the car checked out, top to bottom, to make sure that it was working fine. And so, you know, I hit the road, actually. I was dating Holly, I just broke up with her, because was moving to Arizona. And, okay, I guess it wasn't meant to be, I'm moving. And, and so, you know, mom and I, we ended up hitting the road, and we drove hours and hours and hours. And then all of a sudden she pulls off the side of the road, I go, what's going on? And she said, um, car broke down. So her engine threw a rod and we're in the middle of nowhere. I go, Oh no, I, everything I own is in my car. It's packed to the gills. Her car has everything that she owns is packed to the gills. And she has a massive cat by the way, or, cat uh growing up her name was Tally, and uh, she's a big cat like (laughs) i've seen dogs smaller but anyways uh, and i go oh my gosh we're off in the middle of the road or like on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere and i just remember feeling so distraught and going like ah and i prayed i said god if you want me to move back to texas please have my mom say something i was like that's weird why did i pray that And immediately my mom comes up and says, well, kiddo, what do you think about moving back to Texas? I go, I think God just told me to. (laughs) So uh, we ended up uh, taking some of my things, putting them in her car in the side of the road, which interestingly enough was pretty much the entirety of my baseball card collection, I think as a child, uh, was in her car and we left on the side of the road for a few days. In the middle of nowhere, and uh, drove back to Texas. Uh, got a an extended stay hotel, and then my grandpa flew out and drove my mom back. And you know, I was I was here uh, in a hotel with no <laughs> no place to live. And uh, you know, that was that was kind of the end of it. You know, I ended up uh, getting my first apartment here on my own, and uh, and getting a job. And you know, the rest is history, so to speak. You know, unfortunately, I had to tell Blake, Hey, sorry, I'm not on the road. To uh, be with you um, and uh, move in with you, I'm actually staying back in Texas, and he was pretty ticked about that. And I understand. I felt awful having to say that, but you know, I felt that's what I was supposed to be doing. Ended up getting back with Holly, and you know, we uh, uh, got married, and you know, that's uh, the rest is history. So, uh, so i would say good move. But, anyways, me and me and Blake are still tight as can be, and. Uh, you know he came over and for the first time actually for the first time ever he's come to my house uh, here because normally whenever he visits you know we just go out hang out at IHOP or somewhere and uh, I was pretty excited to show him the cards because he he loves baseball and we always talk about the Astros and everything he's a big Astros fan and uh, so I was looking forward to showing him the the Ty Cobbs and the Honest Wagners and you know the fun Canseco cards and everything and he comes in the office he's like wow this is so cool man this is so neat i was like hey take a look at this and i end up showing him handing him uh my 1910 e90-2 honest wagner and uh he looks at me, he's like he's like yeah man this is great he's like and and he he uh he's like so cool and he hands it back to me he's like yeah this is just like when you used to show me those really cool old cards when we were kids and let me tell you all what the old cards were when we were kids they're t206 cards but they were beat up commons like that i bought for like 20 25 bucks each <laughs> and he was equating this honest wagner to the beat up t206 commons that i was showing him <laughs> And I go, oh man, (laughs) it was just, it was funny to get this perspective from somebody, um, from all these people really who who aren't necessarily really big into cards um, and to see what their thoughts are, you know, when they first, uh, when they first looked at them. So it was really funny. It was, it was something that I, uh, that got kicked out of. I was really hoping he'd be able to be like, oh man, yeah, I've seen this card in a magazine or whatever, or ah, Ty Cobb, oh my gosh, I love the story with him and a and the batting title and, and, oh, King Kelly, you know, but nope, none of it was that. I think I even showed him a Billy Sunday uh, card they have. I'm like, yeah, I told him about him being a preacher because actually Blake's, a, um, uh, Blake's worked at a church for years and years now. He was a, a worship pastor and now he's a, I don't, I don't remember exactly what he is now, but I thought that would click with him and I go, uh, yeah, this is from 1887. He's like, dude yeah no. <laughs> okay <laughs> well i guess wasn't that uh, wasn't as mind-blowing as i thought it would be for him but uh it's really kind of a really kind of a funny deal but um which i guess is why i probably appreciate uh people online so much is <laughs> because i know that there's a lot more people out there that really kind of know what they're looking at whenever you know you post them online but um but yeah so truly uh beauty is in the eye of the beholder um i actually was talking about um on YouTube and on the podcast, I think maybe, how this uh, recollection collection, this buyback Canseco Ray Rookie um, autographed one of one sold for like $6,600. Well, come to find out, I think think it actually ended up, the top bidder didn't, um, you know, kind of bailed and ended up, it ended up selling truthfully for like 3,400 or $3,500 or something like that. Um, I don't know the exact number or anything at all, but I think I heard something like that uh, somewhere along the line. And uh, but in any event, it still seems like you know wild money, like wild, wild crazy money, uh, given what it is. But it goes to show you you know there's there are some people out there that are willing to spend big money on cards that the you know 99.9% of the rest of the hobby are just like, eh, I mean it's cool cuz it's got a one of one stamp on it I guess, you know, and it's one of those things also where I remember uh, uh having like this this little this little grouping of 80s prototypes. The 86 Donners highlights white letter, I just talked about a while ago. Um the 88 tops cloth, which I actually picked up another one recently. The 89 Donners and 89 leaf blue chips and Let's see what else here the 90 donner's aqueous and maybe the 91 upper deck chrome prototype i think those were the main ones if i remember correctly and i remember uh, looking at these and uh, i think i actually posted a picture of these on there um, uh, online and i said how much do you all think these are worth and so there's because you, if you don't know what you're looking at, you, even if you're like a baseball fan, even if you've collected baseball cards for years, you would look at those and from the outside looking in, you'd say, mm, there's probably about 50 cents there, literally probably about 50 cents there. But it takes a seasoned collector that's into 80s and 90s prototypes to realize they're actually worth big bucks, big, big bucks, like each one several hundred dollars uh for the most part and uh you know there's some that aren't that that aren't several hundred but there are some that are several hundred dollars um and uh it's really kind of funny to think that you know you add them up together um these cards that just look like they're just from the junk wax period that uh junk wax era that um that might might fetch 50 cents maybe a dollar if you're lucky could actually to the right buyer fetch ty cob money which is absolutely nutty. Um, but listen, I get it. When I see those cards, I get all you know excited and googly-eyed and everything too. But, um, but yeah, it, it truly is funny. I think a lot of it is really, what it comes down to is educating yourself on what's big and what isn't. Um, there are not just player collectors that go after these, there's set collectors that go after these. You know, People, there's people out there that wanna you know complete the entire 89 Donnerson Leaf blue chip sets or the 88 tops cloth set or the $90 Aquias set, you know, as far as you can. Um, But anyways, it's really interesting uh, how that goes, but like on the outside looking in, I guess that's another thing that people uh, tend to look at as well, right? They want to say, "What, what do I really want my collection to be centered around? Do I want it to be a conversation piece or do I want to it to be a collection where i just kind of sit in my room and just can really quietly enjoy them by myself or more of a social thing where i post online and you know i love feedback and that sort of thing and and i'm able to use these can to connect with like-minded collectors um yeah i don't know guys like it's one of the many things i love about this hobby like there's so many so many ways to collect so many reasons to collect there's nothing that's no wrong way to collect unless you're collecting for somebody else you know, if you're collecting to try to, like, look, you know, look big, bad, important, you know, or whatever uh, in someone else's eyes, I'd say that's probably the wrong way to collect. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, you know, I think there's, I really think there's no other, no real wrong way to collect. Um, whatever brings you most joy. Whatever brings you most joy in this hobby. So, uh, so yeah, uh, beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. But that's all I have for now. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Hope you all have a great rest of your day.